This is Leisha Holmes and I'm your host on the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast brought to you by Hoxo Media and I'm absolutely thrilled to be welcoming to our channel today somebody that we co I connected to on a personal and professional level about 12 months ago during COVID for our shared interest in the topic that we're going to talk about today. Please welcome Joe Major. How are you today Joe? Great, thank you. Thanks for that lovely introduction. You're welcome. It, it, I feel like... We know each other, don't we? But we actually have yeah. a today. It's crazy. I know, I know. I've been, um, I've been following you like a, uh, like a fan <laughs> for the last 12 months. It feels a bit surreal, actually, now being, uh, being part of one of your actual podcasts. But well, yeah, I'm really excited to be here. Thank I'm you. I'm really excited too. And I think that we definitely connected. And even though we haven't actually met before, I think we definitely share a lot of similar values. Now, for those who are quickly going on to LinkedIn to look at your profile, do you want to give us an overview of who you are and why I've, why I've invited you on here today? Yeah, absolutely. So I've actually worked in the recruitment industry for um, over 20 years now. I spent around 17 years on desk billing and then moved into an L&D role um, before I joined APSCO, where I've spent the, the, last, the last 12 months. I did a lot of work around ED&I. APSCO is something that I've uh, followed really closely, probably for about five years now. And the position that I had at APSCO just gave me this really great opportunity to kind of look across the recruitment sector. And I, I guess I, I kind of spotted an opportunity really, especially because we did so many work, so much work with, with, with the SME market. Um, and speaking to lots of uh, smaller recruitment businesses who were really interested in ADNI but just didn't kind of know where to start. So that's where the idea came really from uh, to, 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 to create diversity and inclusion. Um, and what, what we do is we, we are basically there to help recruitment businesses get to grips with equality, diversity and inclusion. And we do that through advice and training. And the whole focus is to give recruiters the confidence, skills, tools, um, and ability to be able to make their recruitment processes super inclusive for everybody, attract underrepresented and minoritized candidates, and also to really support their clients and to help them with their diversity and inclusion agendas and make them better businesses to work for. Absolutely. In a nutshell. In a nutshell. <laughs> and you, I mean, I couldn't have have done that justice and, and that's really the main reason why I've invited you onto our channel today because you know I'm going to be a little bit controversial here our, our audience is entirely made up of recruiters right across the globe it's very exciting that we've got a, a legion of fans coming over from um, all around the world now not just the UK which is brilliant mm. for everybody wherever you're listening or watching I think that diversity, equality and inclusion is probably the most important thing that any employer or leader can think about because it's all about attracting the best talent. Um, and I think it has, um, because it's been such a prominent topic in that certainly in the last, like you say, like five mm. years so and going forward, but it, I think it's potentially lip service to a lot of clients. And mm. they don't really understand what that actually means and what the impact is. So being very transparent and you know objective which which you are entitled to be given that you're talking to all all these different uh, businesses in, in different scope what is the reality of the landscape in 2021 with regards to edi i think you're right in what you how you started the question um i think the volume's been turned up 
massively on this over the last 12 months with you know global events and and, and covid and um there's there's a lot more noise being um being made about it um i think what you said you know in terms of how some businesses are approaching it if we're talking from a from an end client perspective there's a lot of good intentions yeah. right good intentions don't change things there um there's a lot of performative and dare i say tokenistic stuff coming through and i think our clients have maybe end clients have got themselves in a situation where they've kind of gone at this because the pressure was there from their networks their clients their customers internal internal staff to just do something to throw some budget at it you know they've got their um their personal linkedin they've got like pride colors on their um on their website webinars seminars all that kind of stuff and i think they're kind of like they're, they're kind of almost sat there waiting for something to happen yeah. you know where are all the underrepresented folk knocking on our door to come and work for us yeah and i think that's not happened obviously and so from what I'm seeing, that pressure is now being piled onto the shoulders of recruiters, yes. right? It's not, you know, and, and that often happens, right? Mm. Um, and some recruitment businesses are, you know, that they've seen this coming for a long time. So they've got themselves ready, they're geared up, they've got the knowledge, they've educated themselves, they're doing some kind of really deep rooted stuff. Mm. So they're in a really strong position to be able to demonstrate what they're doing. And then you've got other recruitment businesses that perhaps haven't experienced this before. And this is the first time actually clients have been saying, tell us about, you know, show us what you're doing, you know, demonstrate, demonstrate to us what you, what, you know, what, what you're doing to attract underrepresented talent. And I think that's where the, um, that's where the challenge is, you know, where, where, where do they start? Where do we even get started on this? Well, where they start is with themselves. Because it's, it's what sorry it's, they start with themselves if you yeah. if you're listening to this and you're running a business or you're a leader within a business or mm. you're actually a recruiter looking up at your senior leadership team where is the diversity in that business right now yeah yeah that's where and this starts. yeah and this is a challenge isn't it this um let's be totally transparent there's a huge lack of representation it's weird that the recruitment industry just doesn't reflect our communities and cities that we work in and, 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 and you know, the, the, the work, the UK work landscape as a whole. Um, I think that's a, um, you know, you could go into the psychology of it, you know, the predictive profiles, people recruiting like mini versions of themselves, you know, they don't want to take risks. But I think a lot of it is, I, I think we're suffering from a bit of a hangover, especially at the top from what we used to see as adding value. Yeah. So we, you know, we hired the extroverts, right? We hired the um, first class degree holders. We, yeah. we, we, we searched through the red bricks to find people that sounded the part and looked the part. Yeah. And I think we created a... Um, uh, you know a, a space of sameness yes i agree and i've still and, and i think as as you get to the top mm. you see you know from a gender perspective more men from you know a lot of whiteness yes true and i think that 
it's very, very difficult for a recruitment business to talk about equality, diversity and inclusion when you click onto the meet the team page and you've got a sea of sameness and there's a total lack of representation. So I think you're right in what you were saying. You've got to start within. You've got to start internally and you've got to have some before you start taking advantage of all these like wonderful initiatives that are out there that are focusing on underrepresented groups and hiring them right into the recruitment industry, we've got to unpick the reason why these people are in the room already. What is it about our hiring managers who are not choosing to recruit people with a different identity? What is it about our culture? Yes. Yes. Why don't people want to come and work in the recruitment industry? if they don't fit this particular profile. I agree with you totally. And I think it's, it's actually made it a very exclusive um, industry. If you, if mm. you, you know, very generically speaking, I think that has been part of the battle, I guess. And now as we, um, and I think one thing that's, the great thing that's come out of COVID is that recruitment companies recognise that, you know, we're talent short, Rex, Rex, mm. Rex, Rex, I'm speaking Rex, Rex, we're always going to be talent short. Um, and it, so is every market pretty much. So you have to think, creatively you have to think diversity because you're not mm. going to fill your clients jobs you're not going to get the end user you know building their teams and you're not going to fill your role as a recruitment business either so mm. it's a really challenging question but so how do we create if we if we're very aware that we look around our table I and mean, i've got you know and i'm not going to name names obviously but i have got a handful of clients who openly sort of you know talk about their concern that they know they've created a picture of you know 20 something white males uh, all from you know second job from from university they're all sporty uh, they're all very successful i mean this you know these are highly aspiring people to, that you would want to go and work mm. with now at mm. a critical stage in their growth because they cannot attract diverse and that's gender that's mm. ethnicity they cannot attract them because but the first thing anybody does, like you've just said, is they go and click on the work for the page and all they see is, you know, you know, James, mm. who's gone to Manchester University, he's 27 and he's, you know, yeah. you know, Manchester or whatever. So how do we create a culture that's that's gonna truly be inclusive? Okay. So I just wanted to break away from the chat for 60 seconds to talk to you about an issue a lot of agencies are facing right now and what one company. Hoxo Media are doing about it. There's a lot of talk about what it takes to be the quote unquote modern recruiter, personal branding, building an online presence, finding new and innovative ways to engage the market, whatever your market is. It's an approach most businesses are fumbling around with at the moment, to be honest. Meanwhile, Hoxo have absolutely nailed it. They are arguably the world's foremost marketing agency dedicated exclusively to the recruitment sector. And they've worked out what recruiters need to do to see tangible success through online activity. They've developed a proven methodology to follow on LinkedIn daily to establish you, you, as the go-to recruiter in your space and drive inbound leads and new business opportunities on a consistent basis. Now they teach it all to you over an eight week course in the Hoxo Academy. I actually completed the Hoxo Academy in the very height of COVID and it completely transformed my business. In fact, it paid for itself by the end of week two. The best place to find out more about Hoxo Media is to check out their website, hoxomedia.com 
or search for them on LinkedIn and give them a follow. They give away an absolute ton of valuable advice and actionable tips for free. But if and when you're ready to seriously invest in your online brand, give these guys a shout. But make sure to tell them that Leisha from Key Recruitment sent you and just quote the podcast, the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast, and they'll give you a cheeky discount as well. Not bad, eh? Now, back to the chat. That's a massive question. <laughs> yeah, Keep where do we... Line. Keep it top line. Yeah, yeah, so I think that the first thing is, like you said, you know, we've got to kind of admit that there's, there's, a, there's a challenge. You know, we've got to take our head out of the sand and realise that there's, there's work to be done. Um, I think it starts with education. Okay. Um, definitely, you know, to really help you set the foundations of a really good strategy or roadmap that's going to kind of get you somewhere. So I would always, you know, it's, it's definitely got to be driven from the top. It can't be delivered, driven by your marketing team or your HR team. Your leadership team have got to be on board, right? And I think it's about um, those leaders actually just getting some knowledge behind them, you know, to really help them with the direction and some of the decision making and it's a complex landscape, right? There's so many uh, different sides and different layers to diversity and inclusion. So it's, it's definitely that kind of, you know, that, that education piece. And I always say to, you know, to clients when I start working with them, I always ask the question, how prepared are you to change? Mm. Right. So I'm not saying, oh my gosh, it's like reinventing the wheel, a total transformation of what you've always done. I, I sometimes would, would argue that it's actually just really 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 good recruitment best practice yeah include inclusive inclusive uh, inclusive hiring is anyway um so it's kind of business leaders making sure that they are ready that they they have the will to change and that they will support change and they're prepared to look at things differently um i think definitely dropping that kind of cookie cutter approach to internal hiring starting to look at competencies rather than like characteristics and you know being a little bit braver and investing time in actually a really decent kind of L&D program to bring people on board and you know, teach them to be great recruiters rather than looking for these like personality and identity traits that we associate with success um I think that um I think looking at things like success metrics is also really, really interesting. Um, you know, if you think about some of the traditional, some of the traditional metrics that we use to reward things like, you know, uh, we, you know, we tend to pay lower or average salaries. People make that up with commission. Yeah. There's KPIs on things like time to fill, number of CVs sent, CVs to interview ratios, you know, all this kind of like stuff that doesn't set people up for an inclusive hiring process, let's face right. it, that are in place. And I think if you, you know, I would advise all business leaders to really think about kind of how their success metrics and how their KPIs may potentially create a barrier for inclusive hiring how do you know i hadn't even thought about that and just as you're saying it now i mean i'm i'm all about outcome to me it's about outcome if you're doing a great job and placing a candidate and filling your client's requirements it doesn't actually matter 
whether you made 20 calls if or you made two yeah. calls about the quality of approach and I think that's about mindset then isn't it yeah. that's what you're talking about but then going back to the recruiter that's going to manage that success in that in that in that way it's a totally different person to the one that you might have had previously who you know was happy just to bash phone phone call that I think that's yeah. a really important point actually yeah because look you know recruiting under underrepresented talent isn't hanging out in our network right now those folks are not on our database because historically we've not done enough to attract them so attracting underrepresented talent takes time it's you know just bashing out generic job ads left right and center that we do we go on autopilot don't we because we just you know if we even do put a job advert out if we don't go straight to our network um really taking the time to um plan out situational and competency-based questions for example yeah for every job that we get in and using that framework so every single candidate receives exactly the same questions in the same order and has the same interview interview experience. Yeah, it's this stuff, as we know, cuts out by unconscious bias. Um, and then you know, kind of using scoring systems again. You know, looking at really fair and equal recruitment processes takes time. So you know, if you've got if you've got a pool of people here that you know are going to be like super quick wins, you're gonna you'll get your CV to interview ratio by representing them, and you know, you're up against it time wise it makes sense to just do do what you do to make sure that you get the fee through right yeah and actually I've been speaking to a couple of business leaders actually who are looking at their like success metrics and actually reframing them a bit and especially if it comes to you working on a role for a particular you know for a client who's said okay we we really need to make sure that we get representation here so that the, the kind of it is a um the priority is underrepresented and, and minoritized talent for you to then you know to not be under the same pressure yes to just immediately go out to your network but some yeah some business leaders are doing some really really cool stuff actually make you know from an education perspective actually putting it on the recruiters you know every week they've got to go and read something an article and then they've got to talk to the team about it you know so they're learning the team are learning from each other and it's part of like what they do it's part of the fabric of them as a yeah yeah yeah. yeah yeah and actually sharing testimony of where you have placed somebody who's underrepresented you know having whether it's through some kind of pr or marketing campaign but actually being able to share a testimony that's how you'll start to attract those hidden balls of talent um yeah yeah absolutely i think i think you've got to be you know, you've got to, you've got to be, I, 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 I agree with that. But again, I said, you know, you've got, to, if you're in it for the right reasons that, in, in, you know, and being able to showcase that work, but I would maybe think about it from a different, I, the angle of, you know, talking around the journey of attracting underrepresented talent and what you did differently. And this is what I recommend. This is my kind of thoughts on the, on the process. You know, you don't, I think you've always got to be really aware that there is this, there's this fine line between educating people, talking about stuff, and then using stuff for PR and promotion and being going down that yeah. formative route. And, and I think it depends what you. <laughs> it'd be very counterproductive because all that people will see right through that. 
and that's what well we uh, yeah and the people that see right through that are your candidates that's you know and they... which and clients as well which you yeah. really don't want and i and i think that's why i wanted to bring that point up because i think that's what i've witnessed i i've asked the question for a very long time around you know gender diversity around you know attracting people with disabilities for example those with neurodiversity mm. i'm i'm an older candidate you know if i was on the market i'm 47 and for years i've been pushing back when people have said you know we want someone in their 20s well, why mm. why why is that important to you mm. it's about mm. behavior so i think it's it's very important that we 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 take out the bullshit of yeah yeah, what yeah, yeah. It could be which is not a marketing exercise. And that's what I'm, why yeah. I really wanted to invite you on today because I think it's about making it such an intrinsic part of how recruiters hire for their client, but also how they hire for themselves. You know what it's like, look, if you're a bloody good recruiter, right? You don't need to ask people to talk about how great you are, right? And if you're working with somebody who's just had a, you know, six months out, a year out because they've been, unwell or they've been affected by mental mental health or they've they're a returning you know returning mum coming back to work and they feel that out of everybody it was you who believed in them and that you didn't see that as a barrier and that your recruitment process were completely inclusive and you felt proud of your identity you didn't have to cover anything you could be who you are and you 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 knew all along that that would not affect the outcome of your job application you're gonna make some noise about that naturally aren't you all, all good recruiters have got brilliant testimonials they don't even have to ask for them do they yeah no it's absolutely true and i think that what you just said there highlights where i think we're going back to culture the recruitment industry has totally shifted you know we've gone on mm. a different track now since covid in that I think the human element, the influence, the experience, yeah. and the most important thing that I can say to anyone, certainly that's at the early start of their, their recruitment career, is how you make somebody feel. Yeah. And no computer, no technology, no job portal yeah. will ever yeah. replace how someone has made you feel. Oh, I love the way I've got the goose pimples. I love, I love that saying. I'm... I, I, somebody that I, I follow a lot, I am an amazing EDI expert called Joanne Lockwood. Oh, yeah, and Joanne. I met her at Inspire event. She's amazing. Everything she says, I just kind of like write down. I've got post it notes everywhere. And, and that's one thing that, that, that Joanne says that inclusion is about the way that you make somebody feel by the way that you treat them. Mm -hmm. And I, I love that you've mentioned that because I think we, as recruiters, we talk a lot, don't we, about building candidate trust, loyalty, all of this stuff. But do we ever actually sit down and go, how are we making people feel by what we're doing here? And are we in an echo chamber when we ask that question? Or are we asking that question to the folks who aren't in the room at the moment? Because we ain't going to get the information we need from the echo chamber. <laughs> no, it's very true. It's really true. And it's a, it's a real stark sort of stop when you when someone says to you how have you made that person feel and mm. interestingly it was actually my eldest daughter that one that challenged me on that last year when we were talking about something around diversity and inclusion i think it's when ed from uh, inclusion crowd first reached out mm. last year back end of last year and we were talking about just diversity and inclusion generally you know she's she's of a generation she's definitely not going to be a future recruiter guy she wants to be a tattoo artist but she's you know she is of the generation that you're going to need to attract this, mm. these are the sorts of things that are really important to the yeah. emerging talent pool they want yeah. 
have it as it, it's got to be non-rhetoric how yeah. do you make people feel those who do look different those who you know have got facial tattoos those who mm. you know have got a physical or mental disability those who have gone through transgender mm. um, surgery you know how are you making that person feel because actually yeah. that is why someone will trust you it's not because you've got the best brand or because you've got a great recruitment process that's all talk is, that. yeah talk talk talk, talk yeah I, I think what you said there is really key actually the generation piece is is um it's cr- critical to get your head around and you look we look at who's got positions of power at the moment what generation do they belong to right and it's about getting those folk to really think about your Gen Zers and you, you know, very, very shortly going to be the largest generation in the in the employment market, and actually really hanging out with those people and getting their perspective. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that there is, if we don't, if we don't get, if we don't understand what motivates Gen Z, mm-hmm. we we'll struggle to recruit, but we'll almost definitely struggle to retain, right? And we know that it's one of the biggest challenges in recruitment, isn't it? Retention on a good day, let alone with the general, you know, with, a, with, with Gen Z. And there's a lot of research out there on Gen Zs and the motivation. I would encourage anybody who's interested in this stuff or not to read it because interestingly, because Gen Zers have been through COVID and seen the catastrophic effects on employment and stability and finance, it's estimated that they'll actually stay in roles up to 4.5 years, which in comparison to you millennials, which is two and a half. Is, yeah. If you nail this, if you get them on board, if you provide them with an environment that's inclusive and is focused on culture and you, you'll retain them and, you know, automatically, you, you know, you've, you've not got your rehiring costs and then you've got the building relationships with clients and candidates and, you know, the, we know the benefits, right? It's the kind yeah. effect when you, when you yeah. receive people, you then attract more people that want yeah. to be trained by a business like you and it, it's, it's self-motivating. Yeah, absolutely. But the, yeah. these, fo- these folk are not motivated by the stuff that motivates, you know, you, the, the baby boomers, the what, you know, the... Um, the the millennials and what's the one in between it the gen x the gen x's i'm a, i think i'm a gen x i'm a gen x as well i think just about yeah, but we we've had loads of influence from the boomers though haven't we so <laughs> there's no question um, i've been more influenced by my daughters than i have by any other that's really interesting yeah well, I, mean, I don't know if it's just because you know i'm i'm heavily involved with them as a, as a solo parent um and they're both very strong-willed people but i've learned so much and i i see you know this whole transformation that we're seeing at the moment now on Instagram, this kind of counter, you know, the the note they're taking the filters off and all these start mm. amazing people now are sharing non-filtered photos. Yeah. I've already seen that happening with my daughters over yeah. the last few years. You know, they yeah. will not they will not share anything unless it's real. I'm not allowed to share anything of them anyway, because obviously, you know, it's all about mm. um, sort of consent, etc. But I do think it's re- a really important sort of penultimate point for people when they're listening and thinking about diversity and inclusion. That next generation, this is this has got to be so yeah. inherent in your yes. behaviours yes. and in your culture that they yeah. will see right through it. Yeah, they're, just, yeah. they're not interested. They're not interested in the words on the wall. They they can see through the performative stuff. That's the thing. And also, look, they've been free to live their lives and express their identity yeah. in any way they wish. At school, at home, on social media, they're the most 
educated, socially connected generation we've ever had. They're not influenced by the stuff we were influenced by. And, um, and then they get, you know, they have all that inclusion and then they get to work yeah. and it's like, could you leave your identity at the door, please? We don't allow tattoos. We don't allow facial jewelry. And we, and we you certainly can't have your hair that color and you need to dress like this. And if you could act a bit like that as well, that'd be great. And they're like, I need to be me. And that's, it, this is the- probably why I think the, the education system in this country is, has got a massive problem with teenagers, but that's a totally different conversation. <laughs> yeah, let's go down that route. <laughs> that's a, that's a, definitely a Pandora box for me. So a final checklist really, for those who are listening who are uh, leaders of recruitment companies or, or they, those working in recruitment companies, what is your penultimate, well, your ultimate checklist of what I do to make DEI yeah. something that's meaningful. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, good question. Um, I would, I would say, you know, obviously, the, you know, get educated yourself as a leader. It's not my book, but I am going to recommend this book. Great. By Cherie Etchison. Okay. It's one of the, but it's a quite new. It's an incredible book. And I think that every single business leader who's interested or wants to make a difference should read this. I read it in about three days. Sheree Atchison, is it? it, it yeah, Atchison, yeah. Demanding more. So if you go on your Amazon, go and get that Absolutely. Down. I send a copy of that to everybody that I work with because for me, it's just like, it's that platform of like foundation knowledge. Mm -hmm. um, there's loads of other stuff out there, but that for me just really stands out because it's so easy to digest and you just get it. Right. She's really, she's really commercial. She's brilliant. Um, I think, um, you know, the, so the education, the training piece, you know, get, give your, com your, your recruiters the tools and the confidence to be able to have meaningful elevated conversations around diversity and inclusion once you educate your recruiters around it they actually know what they're doing and it loses that kind of like oh I don't know why we're doing it and we're just doing it because we've been told that we need to recruit more of that group and more of that group so they start actually to understand that from a candidate's perspective yeah, definitely. center center everything you do around underrepresented candidates and minoritized candidates if you do that if you centre all your activity with those people front and centre, you will never, you, you will not lose track and turn performative or tokenistic. Um, start with the easy stuff, review, refresh, reframe, evolve your recruitment process. That's a big part of what I do in my training. Um, you know, we don't necessarily focus on like year two and year three stuff. We just look at the stuff we've got immediate control of. Good. looking at the recruitment process looking at reframing what we do and it's just making it inclusive if your recruitment process is inclusive and that's every single part of it that's where you start to attract underrepresented talent and they'll have a much more positive experience of, of working with you mm -hmm. um don't get distracted by targets yeah. you know some people won't even start this journey unless they've done the research Mm. there's so much research out there we know we've got a problem we don't we don't need any more re like reviews or data collection exercises but don't get too distracted by but we need to see the return on investment and it's like we, this is a human thing there is a, there's untold business benefits don't get me wrong and they're all there you know available in, in numerous report reports but yeah just don't make this a return on investment piece 
right. you know, do this as a making our business better and being able to support our clients better and to be able to support our candidates. In the same way, mental health is not an ROI. It's about making the whole yeah. experience, the whole industry. We are educating yeah. people. That's what we're doing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think also, just to finish off, I would say, please take your people on this journey with you. Sometimes we don't actually even know people's backstories or ident true identities, and we've never asked the question. You know, it might be that you just start going internally, you start your internal discussion groups, you might do a, um, a um, an internal um, diversity and demographics um, um, survey, yeah. just to kind of make sure that you're, you know, and obviously anonymous, but just to help you understand your people more. Oh, but, that's such yeah. an important point. What a soundtrack for business owners. Yeah. Yeah. You, you would tip on other things, you know, how, how do you rate our training? What do you think about yeah. our site? What do you yeah. think we're yeah. in these awards? But actually, no, this is really yeah. for you. Because the employees have to believe in what you're saying externally. And I've had this before where, you know, you, 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 you're you out there giving it the massive ones about a topic and you're like, that's really interesting. What about me internally sat here? Because I'm not feeling that. <laughs> you know so it's making sure that they feel in, involved and people may you know what it's like when you talk to people and you start uncovering the layers and there's so much to them and once you've never asked the question about you know what do you you know what what do you find challenging what barriers have you faced in your life have you ever been faced with discrimination or prejudice and it's not just necessarily the things that you would automatically assume it might be well, you know, look at all this. They, they've not kind of faced any barriers, but it might be that they never felt comfortable talking to you about their identity. Oh, so I would say, I love yeah. That, Joe. Yeah. Really amazing advice. Oh. I knew this would be really insightful. And for any, anyone that isn't yet connected to Joe, please drop her a LinkedIn message. I'm sure she'd be more than happy to have a chat to you about your existing EDI policy or how to support you support your clients as a you know for the end user experience as well thank you so much for joining us and I'd like to say a very well done to your dog who was very quiet who we were a little bit worried might get a bit barky but was very good <laughs> no, thank you so much for having me it's been uh, I know I love talking about this topic I could go on for for hours and it's just it's just such such a pleasure to uh, to be able to discuss it with you because I know that you're genuinely really interested in in, in seeing change and um, and thank you for giving me this platform you know for supporting me obviously I've just started up my own business and these kind of things are just you know you can't put a value on them so I really really appreciate your support you're very welcome and we're very honored to have you on and it's been an absolute pleasure to finally meet and I look forward to seeing you again you take care you too. Thank you. Thank you.